Today's episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast is brought to you by Chill Boys, the official underwear sponsor of our show. Dirt Balls, stop putting up with your sweaty, itchy, binding underwear. Our friends at Chill Boys will bring your game to a whole new level. They have so many great pairs of underwear and they have great deals. So go ahead and get yourself some Chill Boys. They got the bamboo boxers, the performance boxers, the boxer briefs. They use that high-tech micro mesh fabric, which I absolutely love. And they're all so soft. They feel great on the balls. Just going to be honest. They feel great on your testicles. It's time to upgrade your undies, boys. Use discount code DIRTY20 at chillboys.com to save 20% on your first order. That's DIRTY20 to save 20% at chillboys.com. Let's get to the March Madness preview with Tug Coker. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. And next to you, above you, depending on whose screen, whatever it is, we have from Santa Monica, California, the one and only Tug Coker. Hello, Andy. (laughs) Hello, Joe. I've lost my ability to do an intro, Tug, because I basically just do an impression of you doing an impression of me now. (laughs) I don't even know how I originally sounded. I'm going to have to go back and relearn to say hello andy without saying hello. 500 episodes ago you hello away. andy <laughs> can you can can a, can a listener can a fan go back and listen from the beginning somewhere no no the uh, itunes only does a certain number of episodes back and then we have we have removed some older ones so that we can put out a uh limited edition gold-plated box set one day Ooh. and uh, <laughs> you mean uh, uh, nft yeah exactly Exactly. Non fungible token of dirty sports. It's probably worth over a hundred grand right now. I think I think that's a safe estimate. Well, <laughs> well, it's been it's been yeah, there's stuff that's been privatized, but that actually brings me to this. I don't know if any dirt ball out there listening, if there's by any chance at all, remembers the episode that I played where my dad picked up the answering machine where my mom was calling him from Kroger's and he couldn't find the phone in the house. And my mom was on the answer. She like, Oh God, Walton. He's like, I can't hear you. What? I can't find the phone. But then she's leaving the message. It was such a funny miscommunication. And if anybody knows, I know I played it on the show. I got to find it. But if anybody has any clue what episode that was, um, that would mean a lot to me and my brothers because it would give us a lot of laughs to hear that exchange. I know it was somewhere. 
It's amazing because, yeah. like, if you go like uh, there's shows, uh, Big Brother, for example. Uh, you know, there's an episode in Big Brother where they basically ask you to the contestants to remember on what days the the the, the event happened, and that'd be kind of an amazing trivia for some dirt balls out there. He's like, I sure remember that. That was episode 146. That, yeah, that, this that, this seems like this seems like the the Stanga signal has been put yes. out. Well, the dirt ball, the dirt ball Olympics, and we're Stanga sits in the leather chair and he just closes his eyes and his <laughs> eyes roll back in his head. And he's like, so he he's starts, like Bran from Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he goes full Bran, and then he's like, uh, he comes out of it. He's like, it's episode six fourteen. <laughs> well, I already asked I've, him. I've seen it. I asked him because I. Because, Joe, you, you know, everything blurs together for you and I. I did ask him, I said, did I play this on the show? And he goes, 100% you did. He goes, I have no clue, though. So it was played on the show. Sometimes I lose track of what. So we no did. pressure, Dirtballs. But Andy's just trying to hear uh, the voice of his since past father one last time. So and you guys could find that. That'd be great. <laughs> and mother. And yeah. Mother. So, if you, so if you guys could just find the. Uh, you the guys could just find. It's not life or death, but it is life or death. That'd be great. Yeah, not life or death. Just a man trying to hear his parents' voices one last time. (laughs) But no pressure. Whenever you guys get around to it. (laughs) I needed that, Joe. You know what? Real quick on a serious note. Comedy is what is getting me through all this shit because it is rough at times. I'll be honest with the dirt balls. And and I told Tug this. like It can be really tough not have my parents around. But that's, that's the one silver line through everything is jokes especially about my parents or through my <laughs> brothers and uh yeah this would give me a lot of a lot of pleasure laugh at that so yeah like joe said no oh, that's pressure. oh that's helpful to you well in that case let me read from my book of walt roasts <laughs> <laughs> now tug i think we before we jump into march madness since you are the jay billis of the dirty sports network we need a Tug Coker update. You're, you're on the move. There's a lot of things happening in the Coker family. Yeah, you both know. I mean, as Joe may have alluded to on the show, played golf with Joe last week, had a great time. Actually went out to uh, an outdoor patio and, and grabbed a beverage, which felt like a little bit of normalcy, which was r- really fun. And, you know, as a, as a person who's about to have a third baby enter the world here in five weeks or so, I, I desperately needed that. So, yeah, my, week, my, my next five weeks are crazy. We got – um, moving, I'm moving from Santa Monica to one town over, over to Culver city. Uh, that's happening at the end of the month. And then we get, just get a little more space. I've been in my apartment basically since I moved to LA, uh, 14 years ago. And, um, it's funny to see, I was thinking about this. It's funny to see like your apartment change from like having, having, you know, a roommate, you know, your roommate smoking cigarettes with the, you know, a girl in the, the room next door, that room becomes my two kids rooms, you know, just the evolution of the apartment, uh, you know, subletting it to move to New York, coming back. It's kind of crazy to see like how, you know, this is probably where I've lived longer than my own house where I grew up in, in Virginia. So my wife uh, could not be more excited and she would move out yesterday if she could me. I'm just like sort of nostalgic. I'm like, don't really want to leave this place. Like my life's going to change. I got to be like a full-time dad. So that's happening. New baby's happening, you know, and then obviously in the entertainment world, working on a couple of projects that hopefully will be flushed out over the course of the year. But um, 
needless to say, I'm busy. It sounds like madness. It really, it's, it's March, true, true March madness. Forget about the <laughs> basketball that we know nothing about. This is the real March madness. But um, I already want to set up before. I want to tease it out, Andy. Joe Prano texted me the other day about golf, saying he does, he's, he's reluctantly like watching a little more golf. I want to do a dirty sports masters preview. You don't have to be on it. I want it to be Joe and me, and we'll get maybe uh, some other uh, guest. Can we just throw that on for the for the eight to ten to twenty dirt balls out there that love golf? When's the Masters? It's, it's always the week after the Final Four. Okay, it's exciting. So I feel like they just didn't they just play the Masters? Well, they did yeah. because of the you know the pandemic sort of pushed it to the end of the year. So they're basically doing two in five months. It's unheard of. And, so. and who won? Dustin Johnson. Hey, hey, look at look, Tuck. I'm just saying you're back in. You're in the pod now. <laughs> you're back. <laughs> you're in the master's pod. I, I did get a text from, from my buddy Chad Cutter. He golfed uh he golfed the Grizzly next to that's the Kings Island golf course, which Jack Nicholas designed. And it, you know, it's it's been there for years. So he said they don't know how much longer it's gonna be there. But really? uh I uh yeah, he, you know, he sent me that he sent me a video and I said, you know, I'm gonna have to get the links, but you know, it's pouring down rain here you guys have the luxury of that immaculate weather all the time yeah you left us oh i let i left you guys yeah you left us for the rain so yeah i did well when you were talking about your apartment it did remind me how long i stayed in the smut studio and and i'm looking at joe and i'm thinking i'm seeing some commonalities i'm thinking prano between me and tug of like we can't let go we've combined over 25 years in the same apartment very un LA like for us to do that. Yeah. I mean, and, and listen, the thing about you guys being in one place and then going like you, every time, I mean, Tug's only going in Culver City. Obviously, you're in Cincinnati, but you, you even said the first time you come back, you're like, I'm going to have to go, I have to go over to Savage Town, just see what's going up. Tug's only a, a, uh, a town over. He's going to be driving by his old place regularly just nostalgically looking in the window. We talked about this Gen X nostalgia that's going on. Tug will one day, you know, do a reality show of two younger <laughs> dudes living in his uh, uh, former apartment. We'll Wait, eventually, did, did we'll eventually feel, have to bring back a podcast. Any of nostalgia. I mean, like you weren't there that as long, but like your, your place was like, I mean, you basically just rolled out of bed and walked right out on the beach. I mean, did you ever, did you, would you have any sort of like this touch of like, man, I'm going to miss that. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. No, there's nothing like, uh, you know, just getting up in the morning and when the sun's coming in your window, when there's nothing blocking it because it's just the beach right there, it's, it's a whole different thing. Like, I just feel like life was brighter literally then. And uh, yeah, I miss it. And, and, and I miss, Always. I, I'm always nostalgic for my apartment. I lived in in Brooklyn for, you know, the better part of 10 years. Every time I go back, I take a picture of the building, how the trees have grown and, you know, how they've redone the roof deck and all that stuff. So I, I get it. I totally I, I'm with you guys. I mean, I, you know, I've always lived. I've never lived in like big, lavish places, but I've always lived in cool places like you make a good point. Like for this, this apartment, for instance, it's in Santa Monica. It's at the top of the hill in Santa Monica. So for 10 years I had unobstructed views to the ocean. I still have an unobstructed view to the mountains. And like, you know, you guys know, it's just impossible to get great views in LA. So that I'm going to miss number one. But when I lived in New York, like you, Joe, um, I lived on McDougal uh, right across the street from the, the comedy cellar and cafe wall. So like, it was always buzzing. 
I would walk out, I would walk out my steps and go to Mamoon's falafel or go to, you know, get a pizza, you know, and it was like, there was always a buzz. Like it was just like that. That's like maybe something for only for your twenties or whatever, but like that special so you, feeling, it was like hard to, hard to let go. Even then, even when I moved out, I was like, now I'm going to miss this. So you were on McDougal on the East side of that street. What's the bar there that's downstairs. There's like an under, there's like a basement bar on your side. Um, you know what? It, it's gosh, I can't remember that. I'm sure, it's that changed bar. a million times. Yeah, it, but... it, it changed a couple of times. There was like the, the across the street, directly across the street, there was like an artichoke pizza. Yeah, which was like also an off the wagon, I want to say, or something yeah. like that. Oh, that's like I, that was one of the first places I drank in New York City because they don't not not a place where they check IDs. No, not at all. It was it was very like you'll turn and there's like a 12 year old having a pint of Guinness <laughs> smoking a cigar. I mean, the whole street, the whole street is like that. It's- off the wagon on McDougal is like the, the scene in Pinocchio where all the, <laughs> the donkeys are. I'm shocked that a place called off the wagon is serving minors. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is like, this is the first place that I ever, you know, I, I, I bought. I'm a first time owner. It's a townhouse, but like, so, you know, that feels like, a little more responsibility where I've been used to. It's not full responsibility where there's still some shared stuff, but like uh, here, it's like any, anything. You have the freedom of me like calling the landlord for, you know, whatever. Yeah. Tell me about that. That's That's been the learning curve for me the last five months. Sure. Is older brother saying, YouTube, you know, that's a great thing. Figure it out. <laughs> oh, you're getting a plumber? Pussy. Wait, I'm a pussy now? Like, wait, 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 how does this work? I don't get it. Okay, Tug, March Madness, but let's get to it you reached out to me and you said, dude, I got to come on. I got to talk a little college basketball. Joe and I have not watched too much this year. Um, as I stated on Monday, it, it's very tough for me as a Xavier fan going on 30 plus years. It was tough for me because they had a decent team. They didn't play 11 games. They went through one span where they played, I believe two games in 32 days. Like it was tough for me. I'm like, how am I going to get into the season? And how am I going to get into the Big East play? All that crap. Uh, so I kind of threw in the towel, but that's where you come in. You you get us all energized. What should we expect, Doug? Well, you know, as I as I I'm coming in not as a full expert on the season, but just sort of um, just as a person who's following the the betting trends and under, trying to understand like who's hot, who's the popular pick. You've done uh, the you work. Know, there are yes, exactly. That's what that's what you you said to me on a text. Like I think this year is an abomination. And my my pitch to you would be, uh, this is still an opportunity to uh, be entertained, have fun, have no allegiance. It's basically consider this a throwaway year anyway. Like, and so to say, like, what what's kind of fun we can have? It also comes kind of at a nice time where I'm not saying you can have like mass groupings out there to watch stuff, but it's the first sort of sporting event where you're like, you can maybe have some beers outside with a buddy and watch. And it'd be and be sort of like approved, approved sure. by the CDC. So, um, and I also think you're like talking about how this year is sort of like, oh, you know, it's crazy because certain teams played certain amount of games, other teams played every you know a full schedule. You know, Gonzaga's going to have 32 games on their schedule. Colgate's played 15. You know, um, my big question for you, Tug, is yeah. have the regions been set up where it's potential for you to have the four schools you have allegiance to meet in a final four. Like we know you have, we have, you have Michigan, you have Virginia, you have Oklahoma. I'm bummed. You, you I'm, played, I'm bummed. you played Rick Patino in a uh, version of 12 <laughs> angry men. No Indiana state this year. <laughs> from Larry Bird's eyes. 
Michigan's in there, of course. Oklahoma and Virginia are in the same bracket as a four and an eight seed, so that's going to be tough for me. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I I'll, – I'll find some teams I'm going to fall in love with along the way. Um, but, yeah, I think this tournament is – uh, it's 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 got to embrace like this the uniqueness of it. It's all in. It feels very AAU. I wish they put every game in Lucas Oil and had like six games running side by side at the same Ooh. time. Just bring it right back to the AAU days. And you maybe even you should just done it over one weekend. And it's like all right, you're playing at two, and then you're playing again at eight. Yeah, okay? I like that. <laughs> and it would be just like less about it would just be like go out and play, and less about like the scouting reports and all this stuff. But um. So you gotta you gotta admire like what what's gonna happen, or at least be intrigued by what, how the, how it's all gonna shake out. Like Hink, Hinkle Fieldhouse, the home you know the famous home of Hoosiers uh, and Butler is gonna host some games. Like the the sites are gonna be cool because it's not gonna be like all mega stadiums and domes uh, for the first few games, and so and there'll probably be some Olympic sort of village style stories coming out of it when everyone, because all these teams are really stuck in the same hotels, which means so, lots of, lots of banging. Yeah. The March madness, baby boom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've seen, I don't think they're a lot of, I think they've seen the soul. Only these players have seen. Really? No. Well, I mean, Virginia. So Virginia has, Virginia had a, a COVID positive test in the conference tournament had to forfeit. So now what, what's happened for those who don't know, um, Virginia has to have passed two rounds of uh, tests before they're allowed to practice. And um, if for some reason any team comes up with a COVID positive test, they have to forfeit. And there's a, there's a list of teams that fall into their, that slot into their place as alternates. Really? See, I didn't, I didn't even know alternate. that. Yeah. So Louisville is the first alternate. So you're telling me Virginia has to have a play in game against COVID just for a <laughs> chance to make the first round. They just keep expanding this tournament. That's the nobody believed in us. Yeah. That's the real truth <laughs> <Yeah>. right there. <laughs> we, we beat COVID. COVID's, so, a, COVID's a one seed. It's just a matter of which bracket they show up in. Exactly. <laughs> um, so a lot of interesting storylines on the court, but also off the court to follow the next few weeks. And, well, well, um, I want to go back to the, the girl thing. You, you know me, because it always comes back to sex. I, but I'm just like, I'm trying to under, like the, the mentality of someone that age. And the fact that you couldn't, you know, sow your wild oats, as they say, in coming to America. It's like, really? If that's, Prano, I know we don't agree on all these things. If that's not one more reason to pay these kids. Really? Not, I mean, not, come on. Let's be honest. Now they have to abstain from sex? They're they're not, dude. Like, this, it's not the NBA bubble. They're not. I feel like most college teams are probably, you know, pretty on point when they get to the 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 tournament anyway i don't think there's a lot of uh, in a regular year i don't think there's a lot of you know marquette kids are like this is my chance to bang i think college basketball players do fine (laughs) on campus sure i mean rick patino did have an entire prostitution ring going on at Louisville. who is a guy or a team i should say joe and i are rooting for Todd, can you give us anything in the iona gales they are a 15 seed any potential for an upset here Pretty big underdogs. I think they're like eight. I'm, let me check the, the, the stats, actually. Um, I, you know, I thought about this because it, it seems to be a popular sort of groundswell. Like, ooh, Rick Pitino going to make noise. I almost want to play against that because it feels so – it's the only thing people know. Who right? are they playing? Uh, Alabama. Uh, yeah, Alabama. I'm trying to get – I'll dig up the, the line here in a second. But I think it's like 
I want to say it's like it's double digits, 15 to 18 point dog. I want to ask you guys something because I had this conversation. I forget who I had this with recently, but speaking of Alabama, they've had a complete resurgence of their basketball program in the last few years. Do we think that's a direct result of the football team? I don't. No, they've always been pretty good. I mean, they they had um, you know, um, Sprewell. Well, there's a coach that left from VCU to go coach uh, Alabama, who was pretty good. Had him had him making some waves. Never really made any noise in the tournament. Sort of felt, you know, uh, underachieved. Like who? Like who are some? uh, For for coronavirus, um, they just had one coach coach every team. So Nick Saban's actually behind the scenes coaching. Ah, I like it. Ball gymnastics. Uh, track and field, they're, just, they're dominant in everything right now. But like, who's been? Who's been? What are the Alabama alumni? Right? Didn't, didn't Latrell Sprewell go there? Sprewell, Robert Ory, Antonio McDice. Those are the big three, I think. Did McDice go there or Thomas. Mississippi State? No, he went Alabama. to Bama. Yeah. Okay, so so they, they they put out some guys. So you're saying no? You're not going to put any money on Iona? Iona's a 17 point dog. So yeah, oh. if you think that. Oh you yeah, like to make some noise and like you know you de- the, the the spread is like for sure you got, you got some room, but to me that Let, says f- from a uh, from a bracketology way. standpoint, Tug. Let me oh. ask you something with with the uncertainty around college basketball this year, the lack of you know consistent schedules, whatever. Would you say that this is a year? Like the the common sense would say that there would be more upsets, but I think I also kind of think like. Maybe there's no upsets, you know, um, what, what is your thought in terms of like how it will compare to a regular tournament in terms of lower seeds beating higher seeds? I think there'll be some upsets in that sort of middle range that we, that we always see like the four thirteen, five twelve range because teams are just uh, in the middle, in the middle teams are just equally competitive. Like it, it isn't really about like what big conference you came from. To me, I think like once you get into the uh, mid mid majors, I definitely think you're going to see some some people compete. Um, for instance, like, I mean, Utah State is a team that I'm watching. They're 11 seed. They're playing. They're playing Texas Tech. When Texas Tech went to the finals two years ago, I like Texas Tech, but but the 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 gambling market is shrinking. Like that line has gone from like six and a half down to four. Who who is what what Joe Q public is betting on Utah State right now? Not a lot of people. So that tells me. Um, maybe that that you know maybe they lose, but like the game is going to be close. So I think you're going to see a lot of those games. Where where I do see like not the non upsets, I do see teams like like Gonzaga is a big. If you look at the betting market to win it all, like Gonzaga is the an overall favorite at plus at two to one basically, right? Then it jumps to five to one. So they're basically twice as twice as likely to win the title as Illinois at five at five to one. Then Baylor at seven to one, seven and a half to one. Michigan at ten to one. So and to get out of the brackets, that's kind of what I'm interested in. Gonzaga is the only minus favorite to come, to to be projected to come out. Everyone else is like you're gonna you're gonna make some money if you pick them, but, but Gonzaga is minus two hundred to come out of their own bracket. So to me, it's like if you want to. Pick Gonzaga, which I think a lot of people will. Um, make sure you get some upsets going on in your brackets uh, early to kind of mess things up. I can't um, tell if I'm rooting for Gonzaga for Shabelli or against Gonzaga for Shabelli. Like, I, I kind of want his only year again, like we said, to be these asterisk years. And I do kind of want to see Joe Shabelli on, 
you know, I want to see him storm the Capitol in Washington because they're not allowed to have a parade. And he's like, there's no proof that a parade is going to spread it. We should have a parade. Like, I, I kind of need him with, like, Viking horns on the and no shirt on the front steps of, like, the mayor's office in Spokane demanding a, a, a parade. But I'm also kind of like, nah, fuck him. Well, you know, I, we talk a lot about nostalgia today, and I think um, Gonzaga fits into this bill a little bit to me. It's like, haven't they been, like, a good team for almost – 15 years or something now it's like it isn't like they're just some young upstart they've been doing they've been creeping for a while now yeah you know they were in the finals a couple years ago uh they're always a team that's sort of like that cinderella story that were making noise and now they're the team that they're the odds on favorite to win and everyone knows out there if they you know the last team to go undefeated was indiana in 1976 uh at 32 and 0 and if gonzaga were to run the table they would also be 32 and 0 with an asterisk asterisk if you want to well i mean yeah. like i i mean i agree with you i think i think gonzaga's gone from being like everybody's favorite little cinderella to like now if they don't if they don't go it's it's going to be you know kind of a choke if they don't go to the if they don't go to the final four it's, it's it's certainly a massive disappointment totally agree i guess my question to you all is is that's actually where i wanted to go is is gonzaga seen as a place do you think the betting market or the general public says Gonzaga is that good, or is are they, are they saying Gonzaga is going to do what Gonzaga does? They're going to let they're going to let me down if I pick them. Where, where do you guys see with Gonzaga? Well, at least like what the public is thinking. Do you think public says, "Yeah, they're the best team"? It's, it's not like UNC where everyone UNC is number one. Everyone's going to ride UNC because they're going to get. Through. I don't think they get the res- the respect still, um, which they probably deserve at this point, right? Like you said, I mean, they made the finals a couple years ago. They've had the runs. They've had how many number one seeds? But I don't think, you know, we're so, we, you, we talked about nostalgia earlier, right? Like, like in this country, it's so funny to me with sports. We hold on to this nostalgia when teams were good back in the day. You know, you see it all the time. Like you said. You, you the, Michigan State right now. Like Michigan State's trying to, in a play-in game, and like probably 40% of the country has them going to the Sweet 16. Right. And they've been garbage for the bulk of this year. Um, and I think I think that's where probably Gonzaga is getting uh, you know filled out in a lot of people's brackets. I don't know, but I know I know Duke's not in. It seems like there's some usual suspects that are not in or on on the fringe. And in normal years, Joe Q Public, like you said, who's filling out a bracket as opposed to you know maybe betting these games or whatever, is just going to go is just going to look at it and be like, yeah, Duke. Yeah, this team, you know, this this team I've heard of, this team I know that's always there. And so in in this year where they're undefeated and there's a lot of the usual suspects that maybe don't show up in their bracket, they I, I think they're probably in more final fours than would normally be picked for an undefeated number one team. And yeah, again, no, Naga. I, I so to me, my, my theory is that I, I think I agree like with Andy in the sense that I feel like they aren't getting enough, even the respect that they might deserve. Like if you're just looking at the Vegas odds, they're, the, they're, they're, they're even money to make the finals. So everyone else is plus plus two fifty uh, for Illinois Baylor plus 400. A lot, a lot of people are believing that the, the, the ship has sailed on Michigan. A lot of people are, are leaving. I don't know if it's because uh, livers is out you know, one of their great vets, 
um, or they, they just kind of uh, were just peaking at the wrong time. They, they struggled. They lost. They got blown out by Illinois uh, at Michigan a couple, two weeks ago. They, they beat Michigan State and then lost to Michigan State again, and then they lost to Ohio State by one point in the Big Ten tourney. So, you know, it's inter- I'm interested to see where Michigan goes because – Michigan um, is a number one seed. They've been a number one seed for the mo- most of the year. They do have Florida State, which Vegas has as one of the highest teams that's not in a one or two seed to win it all. So um, if you're picking a bracket right now, to me, that's the bracket to attack. That's the, that's the, it's that, that is the, uh, just to make sure you have it right. That's the East. And the East, according to Vegas, seems to be the bracket to attack if you want a non one seed to come out of. Um, Alabama uh, is number two at three to one. Texas uh, is at five and a half to one. Florida State six to one. And the team I think Vegas values very highly. I'm very interested in this. Connecticut, mm. seven seed, higher, 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 um, better uh, odds or worse odds, whatever you want to say it, than BYU at six and Colorado at five, and they're the 13th – they have the 13th best odds in Vegas to win it all. Wow. So so UConn – that our, That's our first nug. That's a nug. Up, up to this point, <laughs> up to this point our, our, our episode has been like a poor order from Chick-fil-A, just totally nuggetless. <laughs> we are finally here with a, the first tug nug. And I was waiting for it because really I'm only here because I, I want to write down – at the end of this, I want to leave with a list of teams that Tug has nuggeted me to watch. I want a Final Four. I want to know. So I, I now, do you believe in this? Do you like this UConn? Do you like people low key on UConn? Well, what's What's interesting about UConn to me is I, I had the same thing with uh, with Texas Tech. Uh, their first round game it's scary, right? Because their first round games are not like they're like they're not eight point favorites. They're UConn's a three point favorite over Maryland. And one thing I'm tracking is I believe Big Ten had nine teams in the uh, in the tourney, and always, not not always, but by and large, you see like team everyone's hot on one conference. Usually, it's the ACC, and then you see the ACC sort of fall apart uh, in the tourney. So I'm interested to see if everyone's going to go heavy on the Big Ten, and and then people start to think, oh, they were awesome. Are they actually overrated? You'll see like, you know, Purdue in a be in a battle or. Iowa's a two seed kind of struggle. So I, I'm willing to ride that because I think, as I said earlier, I want to be, um, let me, let me just make sure where I know where they are. Um, so UConn, this, they're back in the big East. They were gone for a minute. This is their first year back. I have seen them play. I did watch them play Xavier. Danny Hurley is their coach, correct? I wasn't playing well. Yeah. I think he's a pretty good coach. I agree. Um, yeah. They're an interesting play. They got. I, I feel like teams with history, like Prano's big on Qs all the time because they got the history of just always going far a lot of times when you don't expect it. To or me, it's it. like again to, to to follow up. I agree. I think UConn. I think Danny Hurley's got him playing really well. Um, and so I think again, if, if you want to attack the bracket that Michigan's in, I mean, just because looking at the odds, I think taking shots at like. Me personally, I looked at Texas, Florida State, and, and and UConn in that bracket because, you know, I don't I don't know how much to believe in Alabama. We talked about Alabama a bit. I'm not quite sure where 
if I want to be ready to believe in them yet. Um, Michigan is trying to figure out how to survive uh, losing three out of their last four games. So that's that seems to be a play for me. So so UConn is like the first just just pure facts to the thirteenth best thirteenth uh, overall team according to Vegas to win it. Is this? Is this Jawan Howard's first appearance in the NCAA tournament? Because last year was canceled. Yeah. Do you think there's any any CTE flashbacks of Chris Weber's timeout? I mean, th- this is something to think about. He's no, in the t- because he, he he came back the next year and was awesome. Or or maybe, or maybe it was his. Yeah, I think it was his either junior year. Yeah, he came back and played really well. It wasn't but, him. I'm just saying. You know. Oh, dude, that's the last time I cried. Just saying, nostalgia. It's the last time I cried. That's uh, the last. That's the last time you cried. Take, over take, sports. Take me. Or is that the this. last time you cried in general? That was general. That, that. That hardened you. <laughs> it really did. I, I, I want. I want a flashback right now. Your I, wife I want... gives birth to your second boy, and you're like, "Listen, not since the timeout. Sorry, <laughs> I Where can't you... make him. I can't make him work." Where are you at for that Michigan North Carolina game? That was was that was that in New Orleans that game? Yes, it was. I was in the I was in the basement of my Virginia house. Uh, just watching by myself, and I think it's uh, standing up over a bean bag. You know, everyone had a bean bag chair. Oh yeah, standing um, up over a bean bag chair. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember, I think it was fairly similar to like uh, Rob Polinka. Rob Polinka was sitting there on the bench, being like, with hands in the air, like, "What are you doing?" You know, it's like. Um, so you probably, when, um, this is interesting to me. Like, this is a very Andy Ruther move too. I would watch games in the basement because I. But I wouldn't pay for a picture of a young Tug Coker in like plaid skids pants and like a Michael Jordan Looney Tunes Space Jam shirt with this sure. hair all, all mid-parted. I definitely had a mid-part bowl, bowl cut for sure. Um, weeping. So, so, uh, yeah, at what point do you cry? When, when, did the, when does that first tear drop? Was it, is it after, right when he calls a timeout or, or does it set in a little emotionally? It just set in a little bit because I think they bring in, what, what, the, the shooter's name is Donald something um, for UNC. Phelps? I can't remember his name, last name, at the moment, but he went ten for fourteen from three in the in the final four, um, and pretty much then, like, I knew it was over. Was it Dante and Calabria? It, it wasn't Calabria, unfortunately. <laughs> Great hair, though. I, as soon as I yeah. saw that hair, I went from mid part to growing more to the Calabria style. But I remember, like, it really started to set in when Weber didn't really Weber walked off by himself, he didn't like stay with the team, and, and and he just he basically just he was he was inconsolable walked through you know through the crowd into the locker room by himself and it was like this is over that's kind of when it hit me i was like this fat five is done like was it, don, was it donald williams donald williams there it is yeah i mean great team george lynch i think rick fox on that team montross um rick fox wow was rick fox on that team pretty sure they were a good team so, anyway, we're, we're, we're getting away from March Madness. UNC is an eight seed, by the way, and a, and a very good eight-nine matchup, I should say. One-and-a-half-point favorites against Wisconsin. Wisconsin and Ken Palm. Everyone know Ken Pomeroy? Everyone should be following him on Twitter. He's one of the great Who? guys of, uh, for college basketball. Um, he, has, uh, he has Wisconsin as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, the tenth-best team in the country as a nine seed. Wow. So if you know if you're interested in maybe like 
you think you're like, oh, you know, like we talked to Joe's point, people just see UNC get flashing lights and go make a run. Maybe go on Wisconsin as your play here. Oh, they are, are now. Is Wisconsin still boring white guys with defense and shoot threes? Not all white guys, but their offense is still that sort of that's slow. It's it, it oh. is sort of methodical, efficient. You know. When they when they were that seven seed and upset the two seeded Xavier, the infamous uh, Bill Murray face, which became a meme, that 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 crushed me. You guys remember that a few years ago, and they hit that three at the end. Oh, there's nothing. What's that? Sam Decker on? Is that the Sam Decker yeah. run? I think I think I cried that night. I think I went on the beach and I think there were actual tears. I'm ready to cry again. I'm ready to cry in sports or just over anything, really. Title of the episode. <laughs> Tug Coker is ready to cry again. March Madness preview. Tug, I'll give you some of my tears because I cry way too much and uh, I'm sick of it. So, uh, do, you guys sure- want me to, do you guys want me to leave the Zoom? I, you guys can do this by yourselves if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to invoke my, but I don't do Norm McDonald praying pr- pr- of like, you know how you get yourself to cry all the time? Your parents die, eh? Huh? <laughs> Okay, so back to uh, yes. the bracket. Do you believe in Michigan, though? You're telling me all these people don't believe in them. They're your team. Like, what, what are your thoughts, whether you, about them going far? A lot of, final steep, four? A lot of vets, you know, a lot of vets, you know, with a couple with a Dick, Dickinson who's a big seven-foot center as a freshman. You know, there's a lot of, like, old, you know, upperclassmen, um, you know, transfer from Columbia. Mike Smith is a really good point guard. So in theory, they have the pieces to make to make it. They have a really really good defense. I, you know, I'm I'm trying to decide. I haven't made a decision on Michigan yet. I'm trying to decide if what I'm seeing is the trend, where they're just sort of like, because there's a 21 day gap where they didn't play any basketball. You know, and it came back and blew out Indiana in that next game. Uh, so I was like, oh, this team is just amazing. Like they just don't care. They're a juggernaut. But then we start to see them play teams I think are really good like Illinois and get torched at home and then run into a back-to-back rivalry game with Michigan State and split but lose to another very good team Ohio State they beat Ohio State by one point early in the year lost to them by one point in the conference tournament so I think my point is I'm not quite sure what to believe part of me wants to take them because everyone seems to be jumping off the bandwagon but I need to kick the tires a little bit more to make sure I feel like they're going to go make a deep, deep run. Like again, by which I mean, can they beat Florida state? Florida state is uh, for those asking um, is the two, four, six, eight, and 12th, 12th, uh, 12th best team. According to Vegas. I love that. We're like, 20 hours away from the basketball tournament starting we're asking we're trying to get tug to tell us if he believes in his team michigan he's like i ain't gonna do it so quit asking <laughs> he's just got he's just got full saving on us he's like i'll talk about it for 10 minutes but i'm not going to tell you whether or not i believe yet i don't know yet. maybe I, I, maybe, I, I, maybe tomorrow morning we'll check him for an update the other one is virginia like virginia is four seed um they have they, obviously they're facing covid this week um, hopefully they'll slip past them. And just so everyone knows, the, the alternates only take place before the tournament starts. Once the tournament starts, like you just can't slot in in the semifinals. It's over. Okay. Um, 
Can, can I can I hit on some of my Andy Ruther storylines, the, the the ones that like no one's talking about? That's well, let me why. ask you one, one question before you do that. Yeah. One quick yes or no. Plus or minus 0.5 forfeits during the tournament. Ooh. Due to COVID. No, because I think I think this is where the lies happen, and they cover it up. <laughs> This is where the lies at. I'm just saying it's the same with like the NFL. They're going to like, they're going to, they're going to, shit's going to happen. Another, the- another strong title, the, the NCAA basketball tournament, colon, where the lies happen. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, like they're not going to cancel playoff games. They're, they're not going to, I I just, cause this is serious money. The NCAA tournament. I don't think, I know what you're saying about Virginia. I'd be shocked if a four seed had to forfeit. It's one thing in the ACC tournament. This is a whole other, yeah, you know, it's a whole other level with the billions of dollars at stake. So I'm going to say no. Joe would say you. Uh, I feel like I agree with Andy, but it is so many teams. I, I'm going to say no, but I think you know if 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 one of the if one of the books had this bet and and was giving me you know plus 400 i might take it i might take it gonna, uh, as andy gives his uh, storylines i'm gonna look around and see if that bet is available yeah that's like a good bet a fun bet yeah. well, well here's some dirty sports updates that i want to discuss i know joe's gonna wince when he hears that but don't worry joe i'm gonna keep it clean sister jean is back well oh, is back nice. in the tournament <laughs> they're an eight seat. she's back she's 101 years old joe sister jean will be attending the Loyola games 101 years old. What what's, what's their seed? Where are they? They are an eight seed. Correct. Wow. I like this team. You know, I will say this. I, um, again, Ken Palm has them as a top 10 team as an eight seed. And tell me, you would not love this. Tell me you're not licking your chops at this game. Illinois is the one seed. And then Illinois, uh, Illinois, Loyola, Chicago. Yep. Um, Sneaks by Georgia Tech at three points. The line, by the way, Moses Sumney, the best player for Georgia Tech, is out. So that line has jumped from uh, Illinois Chicago minus three to minus five and a half. That's huge. We we all know what happened. We all know what happened to the Israelites when Moses went down. Biblical joke. Didn't on that one, or did it come out? That was very good. Um, um, But who doesn't want to see an Illinois loyalist? Chicago is that the team name? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, for I mean, people, for, that's for a so- sick game in, in Indianapolis. Like everyone, you know, there's like a what 15% capacity can come to these games. Like that to me is the, the game of the second, whatever round you want to call that. And, and I like game it. of the year. I think I'm excited. Illinois, awesome team versus an eight seed. It's an awesome team. I agree. And as, as a Midwesterner who who is very familiar with both schools, I've I've partied a few times actually at Illinois. Champagne, middle of nowhere. I mean, middle of nowhere. Classic Midwest college town. I like that. And Sister Jean, 101 years old, she will be at the games. Tug, do you think? Do you That's think incredible. they get the, the Sister Jean bump? I mean, they got it a couple years ago. First of all, I hope she's vaccinated. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the don't same stupid, thing, Sister Jean. Don't don't go full faith here. I I, I, I I have a feeling she falls into a. Uh, in one of the categories that that got fast tracked for it being a hundred and one, I believe. I believe the first age range they did was over one hundred. <laughs> you would hope. 
So, yeah, that, that to me is an awesome game. I'd love to see Loyola Chicago play Illinois second in the whatever round you want to call that. For intents and purposes, we're calling it the second round. Um, Illinois, so here's, you know, Illinois as a school in general, as an athletic program, they exist. They, I feel like they just exist to be, like, in the bottom half of all the major sports. Like, you, you look around, you're like – you know, you're watching college football growing up. You're watching college basketball growing up. It's just like, man, they're playing Illinois. And you're like, man, no one's ever come out of Illinois. No one's, you know, you have like Darren Williams. Uh, like you got nothing. They were, like, but they were, here's the thing about that. Let me hop in. They, they made the final, didn't they? When they lost to North Carolina, they were, they were really good, but you're right. Right. But, but I'm saying overall, and the, and this is Luther the, the, head was on that team. Yeah. This is the good, first good. time I feel like they're back in the mix since then their football team oh, is like always bad. Terrible. Well, they're, they're using Ron Zook and like Lovey Smith and like Lovey Smith had like the giant Santa Claus beard. Like it felt like we're, you know, coaches like went to like go, go on vacation and like <laughs> clear their brain, nothing about football. Um, so, yeah, I, I like this team. I, I like that. Um, I'm just pulling up a couple stats on this right now. Um, they've been really good this year. 24 and 4, I think, at one point. They bring in Brad Underwood a couple years ago, who is like, if you think of like a coaching lifer, this isn't like to me. From, L- from LA Law? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But like if you look at if you look it's, at it's a, it, it's a Blair Underwood joke. I thought we were doing the nostalgia episode. I didn't I didn't do the the, the <laughs> I didn't cross the race reference. That's on me. That's on me. Uh, because Brad Underwood, if you look at him, what a life for this guy is. Uh, put it on, when, put oh, it on oh, the oh, Underwoods tab. Isn't there a Kevin Spacey <laughs> Underwood? Was that was House of Cards Underwood as well? Oh yeah. But um. So he's been in Illinois for a couple of years, came from Oklahoma State, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, you know, Dodge, he started basically started at uh, Dodge City Community College in 1988. You got to like these guys. You got to like these gamers, these lifers. Quickly Probably progressed up the – quickly progressed up his coaching resume. Quickly got out of Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went out of Dodge. And then he went to uh, Daytona Beach Community College for a couple. Of years. I love it. You know who I'm, I like I'm on this Illinois team for Frank exactly. Underwood. He, There's a nugget you need right there. Each, each coach, each coach he's gonna uh, play in the next round suddenly has like pictures of them having sex with the co-ed show up under their hotel room door. <laughs> the Underwoods are at it again. What about Grand Canyon University? That's another Andy Ruther storyline because I didn't know this wasn't even a university until like a few years ago when I saw some commercials. This is here's a little rug nug for you. I believe this is the first time they've ever made the NCAA tournament as a Division One team because they used to be Division Two. That's a good nug. I, I like it. I'm just a. I I know that this is for sure not based in truth, but the idea that there's a university inside the Grand Canyon. What? How does playing below sea level affect shooting? <laughs> You, and you know who their coach is. Let's see if either of you – I know Tug will get this. Let's see if Joe gets oh. this. Their coach is Bryce Drew. Where did he go and where did he have the famous shot in the tournament in the early 90s? Iona. Tug, you know it? I do know this because I was in the Bahamas at Ooh. a craps table watching the game. Um, and he does a big dive. Yes. Under the floor. 
for Valparaiso. Oh, Valpo. Who were they playing? Was it Mississippi, Mississippi State? I think it was Auburn, as a matter of fact, but maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was an SEC school, yeah. Um, but yes, that is quite a nug. And you listen, from one Drew to another, you transfer over to Baylor um, because it's uh, uh, Scott Drew running Baylor. And the team is – I think this team is loaded. The problem is they have a coach that I don't quite yet believe in. And there's a lot of rumors going around from Valparaiso's in Indiana, like will Scott Drew leave Baylor to sort of resurrect the Indiana Hoosier program now that Archie Miller has been fired? Something to keep your eye on over the course of these three weeks is who's going to make a run that will become the hot name to come over to take over the dumpster fire that is Indiana. So it's just like a little sub story to be following over the course of the year. Can I say something about the Indiana thing? Again, we're living in the past. Like Indiana hasn't really done anything for how many years, like how many of these jobs where obviously it's a, it's, it's a basketball state, but how many of these jobs again, is it okay, cool. Indiana was the shit. How many years ago? You see my point? Like Joe, Joe is doing a gesture that I was just going to say that should end the conversation. It's all about the money. I don't, I don't care if Baylor wins the next, you know, five national championships. Indiana, yeah, it's the nostalgia. Indiana, the you know, the capital of basketball. If you're an alum there, all you care about is the return to greatness. So they're just going to throw bags and bags of money at people, and no one's ever going to turn down, you know. A, a, a monetary promotion. And, and the other thing I'll say is, um, you know, in the, in the deal, and a lot of these coaches' deals, they get a, a certain allotment of money for just being fired. Like, there's like an exit patch, package in the millions of dollars. Well, Archie Miller they, himself, I think, is still guaranteed $10 million, and he was fired. Correct. And they asked, they asked like, the, either the AD or someone, like, you know, how is the school paying for that? And he's basically saying, um, if, he didn't say this so directly, but he was basically like, boosters, are going to take care of this money like boosters you know there's probably a bigger set of boosters at indiana than there is at baylor like they're going to generate find a way to find out some sort of dark money to get the person that they want to get there now there's talking whispers well you know we won't do much nba today but brad stevens name is sort of pie in the sky oh get out of here i've i've seen that Celtics are 20 and 20 right now they they're you know, not you, very good. You, hold on. I want to address that though now, right? You think, and I've seen that. You, th- th- why would Brad Stevens leave th- like the franchise of the NBA? You think oh, Joe's doing a gesture. Why, 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 <laughs> I, love, I love that we're playing hypotheticals. Why? You You're absolutely he, right. Why on. would he? If they offer him a ton of money. You think Indiana would offer him more money than what the Celtics pay him? Well, if they don't, he's not going to leave the Celtics. <laughs> It's the Tony Kornheiser says it all the time. The answer to all your questions is the hand gesture money. Um, but I'll say this. It, it is interesting about Brad Stevens because this, as a boy, you know, growing up thinking about being a basketball coach, you're probably thinking about two things. You want to win a championship for the Boston Celtics. And as a kid from Indiana, you're probably thinking about winning a national championship for the Indiana Hoosiers. Like there's two dreams. So if he ever, if he thinks like this dream, the Celtics is getting away from me. Why don't I achieve my other dream of like bringing prominence? He's basically Theo Epstein for Indiana comes home, wins a national championship for Indiana. He will eat, you know, whatever, you know, whatever they grow in Indiana, he'll eat it for free for the rest of his life. And I think we, we all know, we've seen this in college football and college basketball, you know, in general, like there's, 
I think I think basketball more so than even the football, though we've certainly seen it with the Sabins and the Spurriers and whatever. But in, in basketball, you know, if you're gonna get if your idea is listen, if I can get people to buy into my system, I can make winning basketball happen. If he really believes that. And when you're in the NBA, you know, getting 20 something millionaires who have always been the best players that have ever walked in any room they've ever been in and have gotten by strictly on talent. It's hard to get those guys to buy into your system. It's way easier to get college kids, you know, one out of 15 of them who are going to play at the next level to, to buy into whatever Brad Stevens does. So if the money is close or similar, you, it it seems to me that that could be an easy decision almost. I would argue, Joe, that I, I get the money, but I would argue back. I would rather manage the Hoosier strip club in Muncie, Indiana, than coach the Indiana Hoosiers at this point. Shout out to uh, anybody who gets that reference. And there's at least a couple dirt balls who were there. Well, speaking of Hoosier strip clubs, the other name that's been tossed around jokingly to, to come back and spurn not only the Kentucky Wildcats, but the Louisville Cardinals would be the coach from Iona. Rick Patino. Wow. Did they do a full heel turn in the wow. Bring Rick Patino back. Have him manage the, the Hoosier strip club in Muncie, Indiana, and coach the Indiana Hoosiers <laughs> basketball team. Yeah. I, I actually I actually like that idea. See, Tug, I said about Patino, everybody said, like, what is this? You know, what's the next move? He already gets him in the tournament. I said, what if this is his you know, what if this is just what he wants to do? He's going to, he brings a New York school back to the tournament, makes them, you know, a, a fun name to think about. I said, to Andy, he's for sure living in his house on the eighth at winged foot. He's got, <laughs> you know, he, he literally doesn't, he, he's living probably his retired life commuting 15 minutes to Iona in New Rochelle. Like it, it is Patino. Do you, are we sure that Patino wants to return to like a, a famous basketball school to coach? You know, it's a good question. I, I, I mean, what, that, how old is Patino at this point? He's got to be 65. He's almost 70. Yeah. Um, my thing is this. When you're driven by that much, it's, there's a lot of ego involved. I'm assuming Rick Patino has some ego still. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's what, 50... 60... He's 68. He'll be, he'll be... Like I got a few years left. Do I want to take one more shot at the title and show everyone wrong? That, that I, that everyone that told me that I was done, I'm back. Feels very godfathery. Oh, he went to Greece for a couple years. Yeah. It literally is Godfather one. He went out, he, he, he <laughs> married Apollonia. She got blown up in a car. He comes back to coach Iona. <laughs> he's been eating all that Mediterranean food. Yeah, exactly. He's just been training and he's a taker of the Indiana job and he's become a national champion and he's going to like have the, you know, all the other coaches in the area murder. Uh, it's the Godfather. So I'm loving this, but yeah, I can also see him. I just don't see him wanting to lay back. I see, I see him being like, I, I got one more, I got one more chance. Will someone make the move though? In this, in this yes. climate. Yes. Someone because to quote Joe Prano, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like like seriously you, you can throw all that shit out like in our hypersensitive 
climate. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, wins and money, that's all that matters, right? I don't even think half these guys care about wins. I think they just care about the money. Yeah. Great point. So, Tug, you know, we're almost an hour in. Yeah, let me cycle through some some picks that I think our people should put on their radar. That's what I was going to go. I'm going to go full Dirk while while Tug does. I'll just be here in case you guys need me. Exactly. Um, all right. Here's here's some quick thoughts I have for first round games. I'm just going to run through some lines that I like. I always look for teams that are um, that for, for the purposes of this the the uh, bigger seed, like the 10 seed, seven seed. Uh, I always look for where the, the underdog on paper is actually the favorite. To me, that seems like a, a straight uh, automatic play. This line is moving around a little bit, but Virginia Tech is a 10 seed playing Florida, who's a seven seed. That game is currently a pick em. As of yesterday, Virginia Tech was minus one. So to me, that's a game to target because it's like even as a seven, 10 seed to get a pick em, is is something that I would probably play six times out of ten. Hope hope to win, you know. So uh, um, I'll look at Virginia Tech as a ten seed. Um, another game that I'm looking at uh, again: Utah State plus four. I don't know if the value's gone, but I definitely want to look at that game as um, against Texas Tech. Even though I like Texas Tech a lot, I think Vegas likes them too. They think this game is going to be an issue. So keep an eye on that one. Um, another game that I think is interesting is. A lot of these four uh, – Wisconsin, we've liked them earlier. If, if Ken Palm thinks for the top ten team, they're getting points to UNC at plus one and a half. So look at that game. Another game I think is interesting, North Texas, a 13 seed against Purdue. Are we going to play against uh, everyone thinking Big Ten is a great team? To me, Vegas says this game is going to be interesting. Plus seven and a half, North Texas is a 13 seed over Purdue. One of the uh, Rutgers – this is the Big Ten theme again. Big Ten Rutgers is a ten seed playing Clemson, a seven seed. Rutgers is favored. The ten seed is favored at minus one and a half, minus one fifteen. Somebody's liking Rutgers, so to me, it's like take a shot at that game because again, try to uh, take advantage of the seeding. Um, other other games I'm thinking about. Um, let me scroll through here. Um, St. Bonnie's. I was just looking at that. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Plus, plus one and a half against LSU. Um, like LSU is, you know, the SET outside of Kentucky in, the, in that in that great Florida run. I just I find myself having a tough time buying into the SEC basketball. So, give me a point and a half playing against LSU. Um, let's see. Any other ones out there that I think are really interesting? Again, UConn is a three-point favorite. If Vegas loves them so much, why don't I just nab that three-point game, uh, take the three points, or give the three points for UConn? What about Winthrop? Oh, what about this Winthrop Villanova game? There's a lot of buzz about this. A lot of buzz about Winthrop. I, I'm I'm always curious when teams become. Everyone is bought into the five-twelve upset. Uh, that's like the upset pairing. Statistically, I think if you look at it, I think four thirteens have just as many. And I think when upsets start to smell public, I usually try to go the other way. That's just my own opinion. I'm kind of contrarian in that sense. But they've been successful in the tournament, and also they have a good coach. He's actually a Cincinnati guy. Uh, he went to Xavier. I think I think their coach is Pat Kelsey. Um, 
Like they've been like they've been consistently good. And I know they've had a few upsets. That's why I was looking at that one. And Villanova, I feel Villanova either wins it all or they get upset early. They do have that history. I'm trying to figure out what the line is. I don't see it at the moment. Um, but uh, and just and just look at futures looking as people are filling out their brackets last minute. Um, let me put that together for everybody. Um, okay. So futures. Gonzaga, overwhelming favorite right now, two to okay. one. Here's a team that I really like, and I haven't missed some of my brackets um, because you wouldn't you wouldn't think it, right? The the highest the, the team that that uh, that Vegas respects the most in the two bracket is Houston. Houston is plus fifteen hundred. They have the they have the they're the highest rated two seed on the board in Las Vegas. I don't think anyone outside a casual viewer is going to think Houston's any good. Like Houston's not a, a big name. Kelvin Sampson, formerly of Indiana and Oklahoma, is the coach there. Uh, they've, they've been good the past couple of years. To me, that's a team that I want to look at, especially in um, – just so I can point out, in the Illinois bracket. In the Midwest, Illinois is plus 135 to go to the Final Four. That's like you – you pay, you pay $13 to win 10. Houston – is you pay $25 to win 10, two, two and a half to one. The next best team is 900. It's nine to one. This is, this is the same bracket. Illinois is one, Houston's two. Yep. And the next, the next best odds is Oklahoma state at four at nine to one. Now you, you may see another team come out of it, but to, to me, it's saying either Houston or Illinois is coming out of that bracket. Just reading the tea leaves. So, the other teams in that bracket are Oklahoma State is nine to one. If you like Oklahoma State, you're going to get pretty good odds to them come out of the bracket. Uh, nine to one. West Virginia is the three seed, nine and a half to one. Tennessee is actually below uh, all these people at the five seed, San Diego State. So to me, it's like a two two horse race. That's why I think like if you wanted to shake up your bracket a little bit, I mean, t- t- Houston is not like that. You know, it's a two seed. But it's like a team that Vegas seems to really respect. So, I don't know. Give them, give them a look. You know what I don't like is that the games aren't on the traditional days this year. They're you know? not. No. They're, they're. You they, know, start, like, they start on Friday. Yeah, I mean, normally, normally it would start today. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't like that as much. Okay, Tug, give me your final four, and then, and then we'll wrap this up. All right, my final four is going to be um, – let, let me look through my thing. I'm going to pick – Does Syracuse have any chance of making a Syracuse run? I think they have, I think they have a chance. They're 11 seed. They're, they're a three-point dog in the first round. And classic Syracuse, like they're either going to lose badly in the first round or make a run. I mean, I think like they, they have a coach's son playing. Uh, the young Bayheim's out there getting buckets for him. I think he had 25 in the tournament recently in the ACC tournament. He's got a son that young. I, it's hard to believe, right? God, how? I mean, how old is Bayheim? It's Kobe doing work right there. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Bayheim's 76. Damn. What's his son's name? James. Bayheim. That's all I know. 
Buddy. Definitely Beheim. Buddy Beheim. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, he's 21. He pumped out a kid at 55. Man. That's the Ruther route right there. The fuck game is strong on Jimmy <laughs> Beheim. Um 55. Man. I, you know what? That that's 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 probably the best tug inadvertent tug nug of, of this whole tournament. Jim Beheim's pumping out kids at 55. That, that Beheim was able to penetrate the two three zone at 55. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. Drive the gaps. That's how you beat the zone. Drive the gaps. I love how Tug, Brano, I love how Tug comes on here with all this serious stuff. And I'm and, and I'm just like, dude, he's pumping out kids at 55. Meanwhile, and- I'm doing deep basketball zone break jokes and Tug's just staring <laughs> at his phone. No, I'm looking for I'm looking for any any last nuggets you want to give out to people. Um I want to know how you break the two, three zone at 55. That's all I'm focused on. Drive the gaps. What else do you do in Syracuse? I mean, yeah. Bang. Apparently. Yeah. It's snowing this, you know, snow I mean, on the ground from. So, so, what, so that, that's going to bring me, May? as Tug's looking at that, it's going to be my next question. Is LA going to be a giant orgy scene when I'm out in a month? What's, what's the deal, Prano? What's, what's the vibe we're getting? I, I mean, there's, there's certainly, there's certainly, you know, a sense in the air. People are, itch, people are oh, like, yeah. you know, it's like right now, it's like when you go to a, you know, a, a, a dog kennel. And you're there, you're there to, you know, you're there to uh, adopt a dog. All the dogs are like clawing at the, at the gate, trying to get out. They're like, I'm here. I'm here. Pick me, pick me. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's going to be, it's, we're only a month away from that. So I know so, you're coming out. I'm just weeks. saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be out there. It could be interesting. It could and be I will, interesting. I will be vaccinated. I feel like, you know, that that's the time of year when baseball is happening Right around May or right around April, late April, especially in some of the cold weather cities. But I feel like L.A. is this year gets to get that cold, cold weather city spring vibe where people are like itching to get out, but itching to get out from quarantine. So, yeah, it could be interesting. Well, you, Joe, you, you and I played golf with a friend last week. Yeah. And when there's, there's just so many people that like got into these uh, quarantine one on one relationships that are finally starting to be like, is this my move? Yeah. Is this, is yeah. this why I do, is, is this why I, I go ask her to, to grab me something from the fridge and she turns around and, I, and I'm gone. I bolt out and the, the door. <laughs> the, door <laughs> the door is just like swinging. Like the, the screen door is just like billowing in the wind. So you're seeing a lot of people being like, uh, you know, I'm kind of tired of the last year. Yeah. It's going to yeah, be I, interesting while you're here, Andy. It'll, there'll definitely be, there'll, there'll definitely be some action for you. I am like a caged animal. I mean, it's unbelievable. Pathetic. And the weather, like I'm going to sprint. I cannot wait to be sprinting on the beach. Like Rocky three. I mean, yes, (laughs) I'm going like, I'm going crazy. I cannot wait to be in the nice weather. God. Anyway, quality of life. Who, Who we got for final four tug. So I mean, I, to me, all all the, the, the numbers say Gonzaga is going to come out of their bracket. Um, I, I'm going to roll with Houston because I I just like a team that feels like a good team that people aren't really going to pay much attention to. 
Um, so give me Houston. Um, give me um, – give me – I'm sad to not pick Michigan for the purposes of, of, uh, of like, entertainment and making money. I'm going to roll with Texas to come out of the east. Gonzaga out of the west. Um, I'm going to do – Houston out of the Midwest. I like Baylor, but I'm going to go with Texas. Te- I'm going to. I'm going <laughs> if, to. If Texas Tech can, can can get past Utah State, if they can get past them, I'll make a surprising six seed upset for them to return back to the Final Four. They may lose in the first round, but if they do, I think they can go on a run. Uh, Baylor. We'll see if Baylor can play defense when it matters. What Rather seed is Texas. what seed is Texas? The three. Okay, I've hear I've been hearing a lot of Texas talk. A lot well, of people about, like Texas. Here's why I like Texas. Struggled. One of the most talented top uh, starting five teams in the country. Shaka really Smart talented. still coaching them. Shaka Smart still there. Hair fully grown out. Wow. Really. Don't know why he ever bicked his head because his hair is lush. Well, there's a conspiracy there. What's that? Did, did he have the hair? That's a good point. I don't. I don't know if he he added it as part of the Texas deal. Maybe it's the boosters. I'll put the hair in, but um, <laughs> he, he looks great. Got the team playing well, and they're talented. Like it just becomes a part of like, you know, I hate it's more more residual Rick Barnes era of being disappointing. But can they play their game and make some runs? And I just like picking at the Michigan bracket. I you know Alabama. I'm just not fully believing in. UConn, BYU's a six. Texas hopefully gets by them. UConn, and then like up up top is Colorado, LSU, and a Florida State. Like it just feels like a bracket that could be taken. So I'm gonna roll with Texas, but I'm gonna take Gonzaga and Houston in the finals. Guys, if people listening out there, I don't know anything. Just this is, don't <laughs> don't put your brackets on the line because of Love what the, I'm uh, saying. Love <laughs> the uh, this the fine print at the end. But I, if, I, if I were if I were making all picks are for brackets. entertainment purposes. Tug does not watch any college basketball this year. Please do not pick college basketball based on Tug's picks. You may lose extensive a- amounts of money if you pick with Tug Coker. He has watched exactly two college basketball games this year. Thanks for joining the Dirty Sports Podcast. Andy, sorry about what he said about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sorry about what I said about Taylor Swift. Um, if I'm making multiple brackets, I'm putting money. I'm putting some I'm, on Houston because I don't think a lot of people are going to pick Houston. But I think like uh, the other bracket would be like I'm thinking Gonzaga is going to run the table. The, the best team in the country. So that's what I'm going with. Well, on, on that note, Tuck, I, you know, I have scrolled through some YouTube and, I, and I, there's a question for you. Um, is that a shower curtain behind Tug? <laughs> <laughs> I said this off air, but like I have a very nice window that just is too blinding. So that, yeah. So that's yes. Next time I'll do it in my shower. When I move to the new place, the shower will be my office. I like the, it. The, the backdrop does look like, you know, when they show, uh, you know, when they show like the audition reads of people for like the Godfather one or Star Wars, it was like yeah. Harrison Ford in front of a curtain. The best part about all those is like seeing all the people that didn't get the job. Yeah. Like auditioning for like uh, for the Al Pacino role, like De Niro's doing it. It's, it's Everyone should deep dive into that someday. And one of the great one of the great SNL sketches. Remember the really, uh, really great the, the Star Wars. Yeah. That's a good one. Here's a Stacey fun fact. Jack Lemmon. Pacino, when I used to work at Hotel Oceana in Santa Monica, Pacino for a minute, I don't know why he started doing this. 
he used to come to the hotel and that's where he'd like to read scripts like in a room there. And he'd come to our hotel. Cause you got great light. <laughs> <laughs> you got a great lamp. And then he had, he had a, uh, he had a Brazilian assistant. Yeah, I bet he did. And this dude would come down to, uh, what did he call him? Uh, he, oh, he just referred to him. He just referred to him as, uh, you know, he just, for me, it's like Al Pacino. He just say, Oh, you know, Al, Al. And I'm like, Al, he's like Al Pacino. You know, he's like in that room. And I'm like, dude, fucking Al Pacino. Like to me, it's a full name. I, it was just so weird to hear Al Pacino called Al, you know, Al over there. Everyone calls him Pacino. If you don't know. Yeah. Him, yeah. Pacino. So Al. Do you, do you guys want to throw in any random final four picks so I can, I can learn. Yeah. Iona is going to win it all. That's the right pick. Iona taking it. Iona versus Grand Valley State. It's going to be Patino versus Bryce Drew. By the way, Grand Valley State also coached by former NBA legend Dan Marley. Great. Is, that wow. Grand, is it Grand Canyon? Yeah. Did, what did I say? Grand Valley State? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think. It's is it Grand Canyon Michigan. or Grand Valley? It's Grand Canyon. That's Grand Valley, I think, is a school in Michigan. But I, I actually remember the, I remember Dan Marley when he did it. I didn't know that they, they moved over to Thunder the, Dan. The brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thunder Dan. So you have no uh, no no picks I need to learn from. What you know anything you guys want to throw out there? I can. No, no I, I, I'm I came I came for your picks, Doug. Like yeah. I have to fill out, you know I'm gonna fill out a bracket this year, um, and I you know I'm I, I was here I was here to get some tug nugs. I like you know I like just taking it in from from you and from the public chatter, and uh, and you know just getting like trying to trying to pick out. Who's getting too much talk? Who's getting overhype? But it sounds like, you know, it sounds like everybody's on, you know, a, a, a similar few teams. But I, I like, I like your UConn nug. It's all, it's when you're picking a bracket, it's all about those early ones. It's all, it's, it's all about getting those early upsets. 100%. Um, I, I really, I mean, I've, I'm going to hitch my wagon to Houston because I just feel like, um, I don't of the other of the other two seeds, Ohio State, Iowa, they just feel like popular plays, and Houston just does not seem to be that play. Um, I, I can't pick Iowa just because they have the they have the villain from Teen Wolf as their best player, Luke Garza. <laughs> Luke Garza. Well, yeah. we all know what happens anyway. You know who wins these things? It's like my sister in law was texting me saying, "Ah, oh, I'm filling out my bracket." It's the people who don't watch a single thing ever. That's what I'm counting on it. Who just guess? <laughs> Those are the people who win the March Madness bracket. Well, Joe, I referenced coming out to L.A., and I'm excited because with things opening up, that means more time one-on-one -on -one with friends to drink Miller Lite. That's gotta I, will bring be, us I will be holding multiple Miller Lights in honor of your arrival, Andy. Oh, you will? Yeah. I will. When, I, when you get off the plane, I will hug you. With a Miller Lite in each hand. And I will be sleeping next to a Miller Lite fridge. You absolutely will. Guys, Miller time, it, it's it's here. It's always been here, but it's going to be here more than ever with everything opening up this summer. Holidays are coming. We got Easter, spring break, July 4th, all these Base, great holidays. Baseball, Ray. And baseball. baseball to celebrate Miller time. Miller Lite, great taste with only 95 calories and 3.2 carbs. However you and your friends are enjoying Miller time, 
you can have the original light beer delivered by going to millerlight.com forward slash dirty sports and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And get those Miller Lights. Order them. Go to the store. MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports. Okay. A lot of NFL free agency, guys. And we can rapid fire this. Um, or you guys can just, you know, this is good. This obviously is a fluid process and you can talk about what you think so far. I think to me, the big takeaway everyone's talking about is just the Patriots. Like they go from never spending money to Belichick is clearly motivated. I think there was a whole plan in place, right. From last year, not spending money. And now well, I, th- I don't even think it was not spending money as much as they didn't have know, it. He, he was kind of open about that. And I think he tried to temper everybody's expectations and and it was was it him playing possum or was it him being honest and turns out as him being honest he was just like you know we built i i always thought it was low-key kind of shade at brady not that they not that he ever obviously had to overpay brady which he didn't brady obviously with the brady restructure strategy always did well but basically he kind of you know he kind of i think threw a little shade at brady toward the start of last year saying you know saying without saying I was kind of forced to keep him maybe longer than I wanted to. And with that, I had to, you know, put all my chips in the middle of the table and, and spend to try to win uh, with him because, you know, why, why have him around if we're not trying to win the Super Bowl? and that they got handcuffed by that spending. And he did the one year, you know, rebuild. They, they, they got all that money off their books. They got, um, they got a little bit of spending money for their first time and he went, he went big. The thing is he didn't go, he didn't go big names. He just went lots of names. Yeah. My it, feeling, my feeling is, um, you know, uh, and I'll just jump in Andy is that I, I thought there were some great moves, but I thought there were some curious moves too. Like, you know, they're adding a lot of pieces. Um, but are the, are the pieces that are going to move the meter? Like we're still, we're still, there's still a hole at the quarterback position. We don't, we're not quite sure. I mean, yes, Cam is there, but are they going to go into the draft? To, like, and is that draft enough to, to, to utilize, you know, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, like a double tight end package at max tight end dollars. And then go and grab Nelson Aguilar that was on, you know, basically went for, to Oakland for, or Las Vegas for like a million last year. And now he's getting like, 13 million. He's making more than Curtis Samuel. Who I think Curtis Samuel is like a really good player. So like, I'm just kind of confused. Bring Kyle Van Noy back, you know, some return to previous players. I'm just, I like the idea of Belichick being triggered by what Brady did last year, but I'm curious. I don't, I just don't see the through line yet. And maybe that's just the genius of Belichick, but sitting on the sidelines, I'm like, I like the pieces, but I just don't see how they end up into uh, more wins. I feel like his piece, I feel like his through line and maybe I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt here though, is I feel like the deals are, are coming in two fashions where they're either longer ish. I mean, now there's some outliers in on this theory, but they are longer ish deals that are guys, you know, he's paying, you know, good money for where it's, these guys are going to be here for the long term, And then it's maybe bigger, shorter term deals where it's like, Hey, let's give cam a guy for next year. Let's give, 
you know, let's give, let's get a couple weapons and we can kind of play for the short term in terms of like getting back to respectability, but also leaving themselves with a little room when some of these guys come off, if they, you know, start the process over with a quarterback on a rookie deal, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're four years from now. They haven't been handcuffed by anything that they did this year, but they also have some guys in place, you know, at, at, at this year's number. I don't know. That's, that's the only thinking that I have. They've always been smart. I mean, Belichick's always been the master of sort of manipulating money, turn, turning picks, you know, getting compensatory picks and things like that. He's always been the best or one of the best, if not the best at doing that. Like what I'm interested in is, you know, they, they, they didn't like their weapons last year outside. I mean, Edelman is like their best receiver. You know, he's getting older. He's banged up. You know, Nikhil Harry was a first round draft pick. I think not panning out right now. Um, you know, Jacoby Meyer, like they had, they had Al, Al Galore, but like they also wouldn't get Janu, who's, who's, I think is a great piece. Hunter Henry is also a great piece. So I guess it, it comes, it comes down to McDaniel to me. Like, are you going to be able to scheme your brains out to make this happen? Because like Galladay is still available. I know he's with talking to the giants. Like you could have gone out and gotten a big dog, go, go back to the 08 and get like a Randy Moss. You know, he's not Randy Moss, obviously, but like get an elite wide receiver. But then you're, but then you're tied to him. Right. But then you're tied to him for a long time. And if you look at Cam Newton, Cam Newton's like, what, what, you know, the Cam Newton, Greg Olson tandem yes. is like, is, is yes. what, is what makes Cam Newton work. Like, I feel like Cam Newton at this point is, a tight end guy running, running off tackle and throwing, you know, tight end dump outs. That's what I was thinking to me. I, I see the tight ends. I said, that makes sense for cam. He can't throw the ball downfield. He's not accurate. Well, I like, well, he did throw it. I mean, he did have Calvin Benjamin. Who's terrible. Get, you know, get some, get some, you know, get some real use uh, from cam. We just don't know what cam is. I guess, I guess my point is you, you, you're, you're investing a lot of money and still having cam, the quarterback. If cam is not good. What, why isn't, why isn't another full year blow up? Why, why, why didn't they take harder last year? You know what I mean? If you had all this money at your disposal, and maybe this is – I mean, I guess it's hard to be inside Belichick's head, but, like, why wouldn't you go – why bring Cam, on, Cam in at all, play Stidham, go 2-14, and 14, then you have your pick of the litter with the quarterback of the future, and then you add these pieces, and, and you know, it's like, okay, now, now we're really cooking here. So it, it feels like a lot of moves to still be 7-9, and 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven again this year. That's just my opinion. I think they win at least nine games. We, we discussed this last episode. I think they win at least nine games. I mean, the, the division is harder than it's ever been for the Patriots. Yeah. That's why I said, I said over under third place. Like, I mean, the bills are, I mean, the bills, you feel like they've gotten, or, you know, I think they added a man, did they add Manny Sanders. I think they, I don't, I don't know. Check, check out the, I think they added Emmanuel Sanders to replace John Brown, which is fine. Uh, you know, you got to assume the Dolphins are trending up and the Jets are probably going to be better than they were last year. Worse. Yeah. I mean, like getting <laughs> even, even like the, the gaze factor, probably, I mean, who knows what they're going to do at quarterback, but you got to feel like they're going to be a little bit better. Um, so I'm, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, you got, you, I like, I like, I kind of smile when I think of Belichick because I just feel like he's <laughs> just enjoys the persona that he's created for himself. But I am curious to see what these moves are going to provide for them, not only this year, but like, but like, as Joe said, like, can, if they don't work out, like, what's going to happen? It feels like a half yeah, measure I, to I, me. I, I think, I think this offseason 
will be you'll you won't really be able to give a report card on this for for two maybe three seasons because you're like okay the guys that are still here on those con like two three years from now th these guys that signed deals this year that are still there how much are they contributing and what what's been built around them as opposed to the guys who like cam who are on a big short deal and you know maybe he's a placeholder the other thing I'll say is like, you know, there's still, there's still teams um, that are going to draft and the, they're going to draft quarterbacks, whether that's the nine, like, I guess my point is, does Garoppolo somehow become available uh, again when, if the Niners go quarterback, uh, you know, does, does Darnold become on the move? And you know how like Belichick is the, the king of arbitrage. Like, you know, he's the king of trying to figure, you know, collect people's garbage and turn it around. So Maybe there's some plan in the works where they say like, oh, we think like. Which, by the way, is a real thing out here in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Belichick garbage collecting collection. garbage. Dude, I, I put out an, I put out an old rug from that wasn't needed anymore. No lie. We talk about tug nugs. How about rug rugs? <laughs> we got the rug rugs. Dude, this this they, they go around like the suburbs, right? Like the nicer areas. Somebody took the rug. Like an hour after I took it, put it out for the night before garbage. Anyway, just wanted to share that. Thanks, thanks for that. This is my life now, Tug. <laughs> so, so when you mentioned grabbing people's garbage, I'm like, was Bill it was Belichick? Bill Belichick, by the way. Bill Belichick showed up in a truck. He's like, this will look great in the quarterback's room. You know me, picking up garbage. Um, yeah, I mean, so, but I, I one thing, I, other thing I like about Belichick is it feels like a poker or chess, like. The idea of zigging when everyone else zags, I think, is so appealing to me. Like, no one expects Belichick to do this, and the fact that he did do it, like, you got to, you almost got to defer to him to be like, "There's some plan in place." I just don't know what it is. Yeah, like uh, I, I look at it and I go, like, I feel like he's he's building two different teams. I feel like he's building a winner three years from now, and he's building like a team to like kind of compete and stay. Like, I, I don't think Cam and Aguilar are part of the long-term Patriots process, but he's giving Cam a receiver, you know, and he got him for two years. Well, we talked about, we talked about age, you know, Belichick's going to be 69 next month. Like, like what's left in the tank for him or his drive? Is it well, now just in Bayheim, two more kids and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you have, you have to believe he's more driven now than ever. Because of Brady, Brady winning a title. A hundred percent. Man. Okay, so the new drive is I got to win a title. Brady won a title. Yep. But if Brady doesn't win last year's Super Bowl, there's not as much drive. I'm sure he's still driven. I'm sure he still wanted to win one. I'm sure he was motivated to get one over Brady. Now that didn't really work out, so now he's got to equalize. Um that's my thinking. Yeah, it makes sense. Is there has there been like a crazy signing that you guys did really didn't like, or one you in particularly did like? I mean, the one I did and didn't like is my boy Fitz to the Washington Football Team. I mean, I love it. He gets a ninth team to start he's, for. He's going to start. He's getting. You know, at this point, he runs around collecting, you know, seven digit, eight digit paychecks. On, on a year contract from wherever he goes. Um, and I hate it because 
he's in the Giants division. And, you know, it'll be tough to, to root for him. But at the same time, you know, like great, great for Fitz. Fitz magic to the Redskins, the former skins. You know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to say real quick until you know this. Is is there a bigger Ryan Fitzpatrick stand in the world than Joe Prano? I have one friend, another friend who's equally because he played football against him. He was at Yale while Fitzy was at Harvard. So I think he's been following that trajectory. So, but there's a one A for sure. One and one A. Again, I'm not a, I'm not even a Ryan Fitzpatrick stand. Yes, you I are. Just, I just like to, you know, I think, I think the, to me again, and it was, and it's really all about Jets fans. It's all about Jets fans. Jets fans love to blame everybody. Who they'll, you know, they're gonna love you for three minutes when they you you sign with them, and then immediately you're the problem. This is why we suck because fire gates, you know, fire gates. Get rid of Fitzpatrick. Get rid. Of, we love Darnold. We hate Darnold. Darnold's a savior. Fuck Darnold. Like, we tank for Trevor. And the Jets fans, who I think at this point they had they had a, you know, they were a game away from the playoffs with head coach Todd Bowles and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they couldn't wait to get them both out of town. And I'm just like, fuck Jets fans for not respecting two guys that made you anything but a laughing stock for once in 45 years. You go every every decade you get you get a chance to not be a laughing stock. And Rex Ryan was, you know, the hero worship for Rex Ryan, but they did the same thing to Mark Sanchez. Oh, the butt from again, I'm out of here. It's like how many, how many you know. How many AFC championship games did Boomer Esiason take you guys to? You'll you'll blow them in public. Mark Sanchez goes to two AFC championship games. You're like, get him out of here. So it was the 10 and 6 Fitzpatrick season with the Jets where people were like, garbage, get him out of here. I was like, I don't know what you guys want. A guy for, to throw for 4,500 yards and take you to the cusp of the playoffs? And that's where that's where my turnaround on Fitzpatrick came. And now I'm just like, guys, give guy credit where credit's due. It's been in the league 15 years. Well, where are they then with him? Who? Washington. The Washington football team competing in the NFC East for sure. Who's the runaway winner of the NFC East? I, I like to play. I, I mean, as, also as a Cowboys fan, I like what Washington's doing. Uh, I think McLaurin is for real. Uh, um, I like Curtis Samuel, I think is really undervalued. Um, and, you know, they went to Ohio state together. I don't know if you saw the tweets, Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. So they were talking about in freshman dorms playing together in the, in the NFL. And now they're doing it, you know, and they add like, you know, they have that, that, that I can't remember his name. Is it Gibson? I think uh, for, uh, or whoever, I can't remember the yep, running back. Yep. who's a rookie, really, really talented. And like, I think they're just, I think they're set up nicely. And um uh, the, the, the former uh, Virginia Tech quarterback who's their tight end. I think they're just like a good, like they, they have a chance to make some noise with no, in the North Turner scheme. I think his son, uh, North Turner's son is the OC there. Um, you know, I, I'm not happy that the Cowboys um, will get to watch, you know, one of their, their rivals get better, but like Fitzy loves, like love him or hate him. Like he's so entertaining and he's going to sling it. Like that's, in, in an A where like in an age where there's so many like check down, you know, a lot of check down quarterbacks, like this guy's, you know, not afraid to throw it in there. And I feel um, like in an, in a wide open NFC East where no one's 
the clear favorite. It's like, and, and you got all these young guys and you got a good defense. The idea of bringing in the game manager type seems like, Oh, that's the answer. Let's just like win close football games. But it's like, honestly, when your division is so crazy like that, like you're just going to have to throw it around. Sometimes you just have to chuck around. You're just gonna have to win, you know, some crazy games that I don't, you know, how much better do the Cowboys get paying Dak all the money that you can fit in Jerry world. The giants big move so far has been signing Mike Glennon to back up Daniel Jones. Great move. Uh, Love it. (laughs) And uh, the Philadelphia Eagles aren't sure whether or not they're even like their coach or GM has permission to even sign a backup to the guy that they benched for, you know, Nate Sudfeld in the final game. So, Fitz Fitz magic to the NFC East is like the NFC East move of the off season. Plus the, the Washington football team's defense is young and talented and loaded. Yeah. Like, like they already have Ohio state, they have like Alabama, their whole front seven is like Ohio state and Alabama, like just studs. So, you know, from a talent perspective, they're getting loaded. Like they're, they're actually like gearing up. So it's, I mean, of all the, of all the years that uh, Fitzpatrick has been on a team, like, this is a chance for him to really make some noise because like you said, the NFC East is up for the taking and there's some shifting going on in the NFC in general, like breeze is gone, you know, um, Brady's obviously still is there and, and doing well, but like, you know, a green Bay's like they're, they're, they're doing the thing that I think is very, you shouldn't do, which is you're paying. There's been a lot of moves in the, G, the GM space right, that I, that I like have a hard time believing the Packers signed drafted AJ Dillon in the second round last year to be their running back. And then they re-sign Aaron Jones for big money. Like, have they not watched multiple other teams sign running backs? Although I, I, just, I said, I said this last episode, I know the thing, the, the move has been to shit on every running back deal, but at some point, like at some point you have to give a running back a second contract, right? Unless we're, unless we're saying the smart, the smart move in the NFL is just, literally never pay a running back. That's not on a rookie deal ever because yeah, Jones, you know, 48 for four years, but it's not a Zeke deal. It's not a girly deal. It's not what the Saquon deal will be. It's not whatever. Yeah. It's $12 million a year, probably more than you want to spend on a running back, but AJ Dillon and him together, like you're going to be able to run the ball. I I don't have an argument with that, uh, except, except that the use of draft capital is extremely poor. Like, why are you drafting Jordan Love at your first pick well, and AJ Dillon? Whole, your second? Yes, that's no, it's, a whole they're, other... they're related because totally. it's the GM doing this 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 crafting of the team. You, if you right. draft and, and, AJ and dra- Dillon and Jordan Love when you're in a win now mode, right? That's dra- te- that's terrible. But drafting re- drafting weapons for Aaron Rodgers is different than drafting Aaron Rodgers replacement. That's where the Jordan Love pick is just so ludicrous. But well, and I agree, I, and I also don't think like if you know if you're in love with Aaron Jones, then like don't then then like. Use the second round pick on a wide receiver. You're, you're you're like, unless you're using the second round pick AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones at the same time, like you you're 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 only optimizing so much by having one guy on the field at, the, at a time. So to me, like th- there's moves like that where I question. I have no idea what the Bears are doing. Like they could have any Dalton. La- the Bears. They could have any Dalton last year for the the money that they paid. Uh, you know, Foles. Now that now that they have Andy Dalton. Like there's Can just we, a lot of moves out there that I'm just don't quite get. And I, I do like the Dak move because I think Dak as a Cowboys fan is elite, 
my problem as always is with the Zeke deal. I just don't think like, I think Pollard is a better player at this stage. Let me, uh, let me hop in here real quick guys. Cause we actually have a really good call about the Aaron Jones thing. I want to play it real quick because it's, it's couldn't be more pertinent than right now of what everybody's saying as far as paying. Cause he came, he came with his own tug nugs and, and these are some pretty interesting numbers. I love some dogs. Give them to me. Hello guys. Dirtball Evan here from Akron, Ohio. And I just want to touch on uh, the running back conversation that you guys had last episode about the Aaron Jones contract. And I just want to say this. The last 12 Super Bowl champions, these are the leading rushers on the team. Leonard Fournette, Amy Williams, Sonny Michelle, like Garrett Blunt three times, C.J. Anderson, Ray Rice, Ahmad Bradshaw, Shane Starks, and Pierre Thomas. I left one person off that list who was the highest paid. I'll tell you at the end of the show who it is. But all those guys made between 400000 and $2 million a year. Teams that have won Super Bowl have not paid big money for running back. Prano always calls it a Super Bowl or bust league, and the facts say that Super Bowl teams don't shell out big money for running backs. Running back is a very replaceable position, and the salary cap sport that money is better spent anywhere else on your roster. And you see examples all the time, like C.J. Anderson back in 2018 when the Rams made the Super Bowl when Todd Gurley was banged up. You know, he was out there on a great end-of-year run and the playoffs, and even, you know, James Conner a couple of years ago with Le'Veon Bell, you know, holding out, had a great, had a great season. There's so many other examples of the running back just replacing the stud and, you know, everything nice and dandy. And the highest paid leading rusher on a Super Bowl winning team over the last 12 years was Percy Harvin, who made $2.5 million for the 2013 Seattle Seahawks, and he's a wide receiver. Stay dirty. That's pretty, like, to me, that was pretty crazy to hear that of the last 12 Super Bowls, Basically, everybody made between four hundred grand and two million. I have no back. problem with that, and that's also well, a couple things. First of all, if Todd Gurley is healthy, the Rams have a legit shot of winning that Super Bowl. So there's, you know, you could say, oh, C.J. Anderson stepped in and was did okay, but he's also the reason th- that position that that hold that position is probably the reason they don't win that Super Bowl. Now, th- that call and those and that nug is why the running back position became valued the way it was my argument for the Aaron Jones deal. And I, I'm not saying I love the deal by any means, but I'm just saying the argument for it is there was almost a, uh, the running back strike back, you know, uh, the, the trend in recent years to, of guys to get the big deal, the Zeke's, the Christian McCaffrey's, the girlies, you know, I'm sure Saquon's going to demand a big deal. The return of those guys that want to be paid as if they are, you know, an elite position and get $20 million a year. So for the Packers to not sort of fold and, and, and give out one of those deals. Yes. They still overpay that position, but they don't, you know, they're not going, well, we had to give them 20 million. That's what the market calls for these days for an elite running back. And at the same time, not go, well, we got to, you know, back-to-back NFC championship games. And this guy was a big part of it. 
but fuck him. We'll find a running back for $400,000 on the scrap heap. That, that's my only argument for that deal. And again, I don't love the deal. I'm just trying to tell you the reason why if you're a Packers fan and at this point, your first and foremost um, objective is to keep Aaron Rodgers happy, the guy who's going to and does get you to NFC championship games. That's my only defense for that deal. I mean, well, I mean, I'll, the reason I have issues with the deal is because, again, they're, they're using draft capital improperly. And they also use him improperly in scheme. Like in the crunch time moments of the game, I'm not seeing Aaron Jones even on the field. Yeah. Like, like we would see Jamal Williams in the, in the crunch time moments against the Bucks. Jamal Williams was on the field. So, look, I, I like Aaron Jones. And everyone's always saying on, you know, fantasy football, everyone's saying free Aaron Jones. Um, we all know how talented he is, but when it gets down to it, like when the GM is using draft capital to draft the backup quarterback, Darren Rogers and another running back, and they don't play the guy that they're paying on the field. Like there's just questions in my mind of like, what, what, how are we making the best use of our team and our players? That's, that's where I have issue with that, um, with that, with that signing. You know what, Sonny, I do like, and, and it's not like it's a huge change, but I think it just adds to what they already are building is A.J. Green in Arizona because they're not paying him much. And now so you have – what's that? I'm so glad you, met, you oh, bought Arizona. Yeah, I, I just – I like that signing. You know, you have him. Obviously, he's a veteran. Larry Fitzgerald's a veteran. But then you with DeAndre Hopkins, like, I don't know. I, I just think with a, with a Kyler Murray, you add – I love it. Like, and I think it was for eight million. It's so cheap. Yeah, I just think that's a great move. And, and just security blankets on security blankets on security blankets for for Kyler Murray. Yeah, I, I think obviously at the and also the free AJ Green factor. Oh my god, the revenge of AJ Green. As someone who has supported him and seen what he's had to deal with in Cincinnati, I mean, it's just. It's great to see him gone and he gets to go to the warm weather. And, and apparently they're counting on Burrow being out the whole season because no AJ Green, John Ross to the fucking Giants. Another deal. I, I, I mean, good free me from the yeah. Giants at this point. Yeah. Good luck with the John Ross situation. Yeah. John Ross is now known. He's known more for Snoop was his childhood coach than anything. Yeah. Like he's like known for his 40 time at the combine. Yeah, he may, he may like the, the idea that he didn't get signed by the Raiders is ludicrous. Where are the Raiders now? Yeah, I'm a little more lukewarm on the Cardinals pickup. I, I'm, I'm really happy they picked up Matt Prater. I think that's a great signing. Uh, big Matt Prater guy. Just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, with you, I don't know. I'm like, is he being yeah. serious? Yeah, I mean, I, I like saying a little, too. little tug like, nug about teams with Matt Prater on their roster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it is a dome situation. He loves kicking in domes. He's proven there. Um, like they're going to lose Patrick Peterson. You know, there was a little bit of a lot loss of motivation. I feel like with Patrick Peterson over the last year, he, he's still figuring they out where did, to sign. They did lose him, right? Yeah. I don't know. Did he officially go somewhere? Yeah. yeah. Where'd he go? Where did he go? I mean, there's been so many. I thought he was, I thought he was, he was focusing in on three teams as of last night in the Cowboys. He signed with Minnesota one yeah, year, 10 mil. Minnesota. So I like what Minnesota is doing defensively. Like Zimmer knows that, he you know, he needs to get the, um, that, that ship, right. Uh, they made some other nice plays. The Cardinals like, I, I, you know, am I sold on JJ Watt at this age? Like I thought that was a curious, personally, I thought that was a curious signing. Um, what does he think like 
the, the Cardinals are Super Bowl bound. I mean, that, that, that division is very tough. I think that they're, um, I, you know, the, the reason I like AJ Green, the reason I like JJ Watt, the reason I like, and again, I, these are, I'm not talking about the value of the actual production versus the money, but like you're a young team with a young quarterback on a rookie deal. You have a lot of young players that you're counting on. You're just adding vets that, you know, you're, you're going with the strategy of adding vets who want to win, who, who are, you know, coach them up guys on the sideline. Um, I don't know. It's like, you gotta, if you're going to compete, you have to compete before you give Kyler Murray half a billion dollars. And, you know, you're going to need veteran leadership to do that. And you're going to need, you know, a, a resurgent, J.J. Watt for one year and a resurgent A.J. Green for two years or whatever it is. I mean, do we know A.J. Green? I'm just curious on where they're going to put him position-wise. Like, Larry Fitzgerald owns the slot there. Andy Isabella can't get on the field. Um, they have that young the, the young kid uh, who, who's, like, really really fast. I mean, A.J.'s going to obviously can't play slot. Yeah. Can, he win, can he win on the outside? Like, I'm just – I mean, I'm – He won't be, double, he won't be double, double covered since he came into the league. For the first time. That's true, but he's been banged up the past few years. And like the the last year, the Bengals had some weapons. I mean, you know, Boyd is good. Um and the, and the, and the, the the rookie from Clemson yeah. was really good this year. Um in, in Cincinnati. So look, I I I I'm interested. I hope there's a resurgence for AJ Green. I'm just a little I'm not quite as uh, hot on it as you all are, especially like I just it's also a very tough division. I mean, I think, but, but if he gets, let's say he gets just 45 balls for 500 yards, like that's what they need him for. Right. Like that's it. It's, it's 500 yards, 40 plus catches. Isn't that what they need him for? I mean, Curtis Samuel got three years for 13 mil and he's like 25. AJ Green got one for eight. I don't know what what's guaranteed on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you gotta hope we'll, you're paying him a million dollars at the touchdown that he's a big target in the I red zone. Fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, luckily, you know, Joe and I are out here on the West coast. We get a lot of Arizona football games in the late, the late game. So we'll have a chance to see if it pans hey, out. I know, I know that I'm in Ohio, but I still have the NFL uh, Sunday ticket. <laughs> Sunday ticket in Cincinnati. It doesn't mean I can't watch these games. You're like out here, <laughs> we get those West coast games. You know what I really am missing is, uh, March Madison, Vegas. You know who's really missing it is. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you miss March Madison, Vegas? Yeah. You called you me. Guys- I drove out to Barstow. I drove out to the Chick-fil-A in Barstow <laughs> just to remember what it felt like. No, we would go to the Fat Burger. Maddie called me yesterday and he's like, I miss it so much, Ruther. We had so much fun. I, on called those up, I called up Jason. I was like, how much to drive me to the Fat Burger in <laughs> Riverside just to feel life again? Oh, absolutely amazing. Guys, for real, I got though, the vaccine and I asked the Fat Burger in Barstow. They'd let me eat inside. Can I give you two, two other free agent moves? I really yeah. Like? Yeah, yeah. One, I want to say, um, did you guys see Michael uh, Michael Brockers from the Rams when uh, when Goff got traded? Yeah. He was like he's like Stafford's a step up, and then um, he got traded to the Lions back uh, to Goff. Awkward. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that was pretty great. I mean, I do like um, you know everyone was talking about what's happening with um, what's what's happening with 
the, the Chiefs and their offensive line. They did go out and sign uh, Kyle Long, who, who, you know, had retired for a year and now has moved over uh, to play with the, the, the thirsty Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and they added another guy, too, that I thought um, for, for, for pretty big money. Um, so I like to see that they're, they're investing in, you know, that offensive line. Joe, uh, is it Tooney? Yeah. Five well, for they, 80. Well, they saw so, what happened in that Super Bowl. Well, of course. But, yeah, I mean, so I, I like I those moves for, for that team. And they get rid of the guys who are hurt. You know, the, the, those, the, the two, Fisher, uh, and, Fisher and, gone, and Schwartz, yeah. you know, the, those guys – Great offensive linemen getting paid their value. Also, nowhere to be found in the Super Bowl. So they're like, where were you when we needed you? Peace the fuck out. Um, other picks that I think are interesting. I think, like, uh, again, Manny Sanders did go. Manny Sanders got one year for $6 million. It's interesting to see the sliding scale for wide receivers uh, that are sort of in the vet situation. Very curious about, again, the Chargers, the Chargers have a rookie quarterback deal. Yeah, they have a uh, Justin uh, Herbert sh- proved himself to be pretty good. Curious why we're not making like they signed him one, they signed an offensive lineman and a center. They just signed Cook like just recently, and, Jer- and Jared Cook. Yeah, I like the Cook signing. Well, I, yeah, but, it's uh, fine, but but I but I agree with Tug. It's like you have you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Who has already proven he can be? He is the guy, for sure. You you got to spend now around him before you are spending only on him. I think, mean, yeah. And then you know, it, uh, Donald Parham is like a six eight tight end that everyone in the fantasy world is like salivating over. So they're happy to see Hunter Henry go because they think this guy is like the the the, the future of the, the tight end position in San Diego or LA. Sorry. Yeah, hey, hey, exactly. Don't don't very you rude. don't you blasphemize? I still have you know very I have rude. Season, I have season tickets, Doug. So don't you? And le- yeah, and, what's and, going on with that? I renewed them. Amazing. And you know I got to say, listen, the tight end. We all know how important the tight end is in the modern NFL offense. But I will say this: I I don't think it's talked about enough. The tight ends, like, do the same thing we did for the running backs and Super Bowl winners. Besides Travis Kelsey, which team that won Super Bowls had you know Travis Kelsey and Gronk, right? But even in those Gronk, like we have we have injured Gronk, we have pre pre Gronk uh, Brady Super Bowls. But like I almost feel like the tight end position, in a way, overvalued when it comes to winning as well. Like if you have an elite quarterback, he's going to turn your average tight end into a great tight end. And he's going to turn your great tight end into otherworldly, as we've certainly seen from, you know, Gronk and Travis Kelsey and et cetera. I mean, two of the best all time, Manning and Brady, like utilized tight ends almost like no other. I mean, Dallas Clark was, you know, probably, you know, I'm not going to say he's a jag, but like he made him pretty special. (laughs) Yeah, um, I know, mean, so. with the on the, in the Giants with Eli, Eli's deal was get give me some guy you've never heard of, and then I'll go get him a you know a big deal somewhere else. Hey, Martellus Bennett, you want to get rich? Hey, Kevin Boss, you want to get rich? And I feel like a lot of the great quarterbacks uh, have done that for guys. The last thing I'll say is, is I'm just you know I'm always curious about guys who have you know the the good year on their contract year, um, 
and 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 are teams willing to like look at them as the alpha in their new team, or are they looking at them as like let's let's keep them as a complement? The person I'm targeting is the New York Jets and Corey Davis. Corey Davis left the Titans. AJ Brown was sort of seen as the number one guy last year with with a you know with Janu, Fersker, Derrick Henry. Now he goes to be the alpha in the Jets team, and I'm like, is that is that the is that makes sense? I'm, no. You know, Guarantee he's not there. He doesn't get the production so, yeah. they want. Yeah, I, I agree. So hope, maybe, maybe in, I mean, they have some, obviously the Jets are figuring things out, but I'm always curious to see teams, how they like utilize um, teams coming off that big deal or that big year and be like, oh, he, we, he should, we should make him our guy or do we fit him into our system? Um, so that's, that's something that I was looking at. Um, but I, I like what, I mean, I, Overall thoughts right now, I think Washington football team is making some moves. I like what Kansas City's done. I'm sure, uh, you know, Tom Brady will restructure his contract and to, to make things happen for him. I mean, he already did. God, Godwin's back on like a franchise tag, yeah. right? Like, so. they're, they're, Tampa's trying to, they're trying to bring the crew back. Like, everything I've seen as far as at least for one more year, as many of those guys as possible, they're really trying to do it again. I mean, if Brady I'm just going, wins, I'm I'm just going through Schefter. I'm trying to think of who who are we forgetting. But I, I mean, so look, damn moves. The, the, look, I have I have it on the rundown. I mean, it's it's just you're right. There's just so it's. Let me let I, me ask you a hypothetical really quickly, Joe. Galladay's yes. in the mix of the Giants. Do you like the Galladay idea? I, I I don't hate it, but I don't love like you look at Galladay's production and. You know, it's another guy like I, I'm a I'm a bit of a Matt Stafford truther. So I think, you know, you're in that offense with Stafford. It might not translate into winning games, but it's going to translate into you catching a bunch of balls, catching a bunch of touchdowns. Um, they go out and they get Ross, which I, I understand isn't like by any means. I think they're just kind of hopeful that he's something. But you get like I like Galladay just on the prototypical sizable red zone target that you know uh you, you, get, you get sorry you get you get sterling shepherd you know gets to move back to the slot and you get a prototypical like big guy but the problem my, my only issue with it is the the elite receiver number that it seems like he's demanding and you look at it and you go yeah he had, he had a 1000 yard receive receiving season for you know eight touchdowns or five touchdowns or whatever it was. It's like the resume isn't there where you're going year in and year out. He can be, you know, your number one receiver. And maybe they're thinking he doesn't have to be, you know, he doesn't have like, he will play a role there. I mean, you, you go back to Plaxico Burris. Like I didn't love the Plaxico Burris signing and I didn't love Plaxico Burris's production of riding the stationary bike for, you know, 99.9% of the week catching three balls, one for a touchdown. Like, but in the end, he catches a fade pass in the Super Bowl. He caught he caught multiple fades, you know, for touchdowns in huge moments for the Giants. I think that's what they're hoping Galladay could be. I don't necessarily love it at the number, but I love it more than fucking John Ross and Mike Glennon. So like <laughs> sign somebody. Who, who's, the, uh, who, who's the wide receiver that uh, that's really talented on your on the Giants that this doesn't get enough? 
production? Uh, well, we have, we have Sterling Shepard, yes. and then and then the, the outside guy. Yeah, I'm. I don't know why I'm fucking blanking on his name, and so is everybody. But, but, but super talented, and uh, yeah, re- really good. Just not a uh... Ingram. No, no, it's, it's he's really talented. Uh, really uh, uh, Darius Slayton. Slayton, yeah. So if you yeah. had like a Slayton Galladay combo, yeah. with Shepard in the slot, and 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 then Ingram or whatever, that, then it's like, and and then Barkley, it's like Daniel Jones. Like if it's if this ain't it, like this is this not you. Yeah, you know, you're not the guy. And so, there's you know there's a lot of talk. If he falls to them, uh, Pitts from Florida being like added to the so now he's just a weapons bonanza. But Pitts Pitts is the highest graded tight end ever to ever come out of college. Yeah, um, people say of all the, of all the players coming out of this draft, he's the biggest lock to be a Hall of Famer. So very Which interesting. I, to I, see. I love it. I and I I kind of love I kind of love all the options if if he were there whether it be moving Ingram for somebody you like using Ingram in, in, in a more of a receiver fashion. Like, I don't know, but like, because the Evan Ingram, like you're a tight end, your job is catch balls. If you can't catch balls, I don't, I don't know how long we can yeah, what are we continue, doing? To continue to play this game. <laughs> well, fellas, we've, we've done a deep dive on football, March madness, but it's been about a couple hours and, uh, it's a good catch-up, Andy. Yeah. A good hang. Yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to leave PJ Tucker to the Bucks and my my golf question for Tug for another day. We, we we yeah we got a lot to cover. We have tons of great calls for next week that I got sitting in the uh, in the queue. We'll get to those. Tug, where can uh, where can people follow you? Where can they uh, help you babysit? Where you know what's yeah. going on? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. And I have a question. I'll put it on Twitter as well, guys. I'm in the market for a new TV. I haven't bought a TV in almost a decade, like a 10, wow. 11 years. I can help you here. I'm in the market. So hit me up on Twitter and tell me if, if there's a TV out there that you love, that you just bought recently. I'm going to buy two. One for the main room, one for my own room. So two, up, a two-TV purchase. First time ever. Never had two TVs in the home, but I'm doing, I'm splurging. So let me know at Tug Coker what you think. I'll tell you off the bat. I, I have, uh, you know, I'm the recipient of, of my old man's, which is sitting in the basement. Joe seen it. The, the Samsung QLED. Pretty nice, man. Samsung, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Like, like you get a surround sound on this thing. I'm like, whoa, am I on the set of Shameless? That's how I feel. I've been binging it. I'm like, whoa, I'm doing drugs with Frank. No, this a, sh- is- a shameless Samsung plug right there. I know. Seriously. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the dirty sports. Joe? I just want to say, hey guys, always great catching up. Thanks yeah. for having me on. It's good to see Joe in person last week. Andy, I'll see you in person next month, but stay tuned for Joe and I's masters preview. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I have, I have, a, I have a big golf query for you. We'll have to, we'll, we'll get that out on the, uh, on the masters preview. I, I can't it. wait now. Now I can't wait now. Now you're going to make me watch more golf. You were, t- we were talking about how you're like, I like you getting the golf. I'm like, I'm still not, but now I'm going to dive in head first. Well, watch it. Cause we, then we can really bet on some players. We'll talk, we'll yeah. give our, we'll give our top 10 selections of players that we love to win. That's the what I'm all about gambling. I gamble. I gamble on one golf for a weekend at this point, just so that I can be just so I can be like locked in. It's a lottery um, pick. It's hard to pick a golf winner. It's that's yeah. probably the hardest thing to do in golf betting, I think, or in sports betting. 
at Joe Prano on Instagram, at Fix Your Life on at Fix Your Life on Twitter, at Joe Prano on everything else. And uh, yeah, rate, re- review, and subscribe to this podcast. Tell I put up on uh, TikTok the other day a video of when I was waiting for you guys to arrive at Rancho. This guy uh, hit a million, like it took him 10 full minutes to hit each golf ball. And I put a video of it up on TikTok. Little, little check, check that out. You'll, you'll love how long it takes this guy to hit one driver on the driving ranch. Okay. I'll look for it. All right, guys. Tug, always great having you on. Appreciate uh, the cameo and look forward to seeing you in person next month. Guys, enjoy Mark. Go Houston. Yeah. That's me. That's, that's (laughs) what I'm rolling with. Come on, Houston. The Cougs. The Cougs. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, enjoy March Madness, everybody. Have a safe weekend. We'll be back Monday. And don't forget, stay dirty.